0: Um, umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 hello welcome to this special edition of the um, umgoblue.com podcast this is phil callahan here with greg dooley of mvictors.com and we're going to talk about the paul bunyan trophy a rivalry trophy played uh for by michigan and michigan state and uh so greg uh what do you know about the history and uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, epic piece of, uh, of wood that Michigan, Michigan <clears throat> State seemed to battle for?
1: Epic piece of wood. It sure is. Uh, did you know this epic piece of wood is nine feet tall when the base is attached? I think, I think most people like, think of the bunion as like the thing that they've seen Michigan State and most recently uh, um, Michigan towed out in the field. But it's it's you know with the basis it's it's nine feet tall. Anyway, look, uh, I am a am a historian and very very much a Michigan traditionalist, and I've never cared for this trophy, and I probably didn't even understand why um, originally. Um, but here, here's my take on it, right? First of all, Michigan never wanted this trophy, right? And it was a when they instituted it in 1953. Make no mistake, this was a big game, right? Michigan State had just entered the Big Ten, which is another topic. But this was a big, big game. And Michigan Michigan State had a great team in the 50s and 60s. But, you know, we didn't see the need for this trophy. And there's probably a lot of reasons for that, right, Phil? I mean, we we started the entire rivalry trophy tradition with a little brown jug. Fifty years earlier it started. Um. Number two, like I said, we weren't crazy about state. They entered the conference. Now so keep in mind, like how would Ohio State feel if like Cincinnati all of a sudden, you know, entered the Big Ten, right? That that was that was kind of like, you know, what it was like is like, okay, we're kind of the show here in the state in the Big Conference. Fritz Chrysler didn't want Michigan State in, right? Well, then you get to the name, right? And the, and the governor, um, a guy named uh, G. Men, you know, Soapy Williams was his name. His grandfather, um he's named Menon. His grandfather is the 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 guy who uh, who founded Menon speed stick um you know deodorant products and things like that uh, in, you know immigrated from Germany. so and all in all, it seems like a good guy, but kind of forced this down Michigan's throat, this giant, ridiculous trophy and And then there's the other thing. they called it the Paul Bunyan trophy. Stop me, Phil, if you want to talk, but they call him Paul Bunyan for me. All right, look, it, Paul Bunyan is certainly and was certainly a figure and in, in folklore. But he 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 spans, you know, Maine to to the Dakotas and in Canada as a folk figure. It's not necessarily specifically referenced with the state of Michigan, which is what this is supposed to be for. And I'll add this. Minnesota and Wisconsin already played for the Paul Bunyan's axe, the thing they played for today. That started five years earlier. So as far as creativity goes, like what should we? Let's just call it Paul Bunyan. Um, and again, the, the trophy is ridiculous. The base is five feet long, um, and okay, you know, for for the one thing they did well is, is I suppose there's a lot of room for scores. But keep in mind, the five gallon Little Brown jug still has space on it for another 15 20 scores. So, anyway, I've said too much, Phil. Um, those are my thoughts on the whole thing. But there's a lot of ridiculousness involved.
0: Well, Greg, I have to agree with Lloyd Carr, who said it's one of the ugliest trophies in football. Um, I have a special disdain for it. Um, after the 214 game in uh, Michigan State, where, you know we lost, that was that epic streak of Michigan struggling. I was down on the field taking photos and uh, when you go to games at Spartan Stadium, they set up a rope line uh, entering the tunnel and you know to keep uh, you know to give away for the teams to get in and out. So I was standing on the rope line taking pictures and one of the Michigan State players was wielding Paul, Bunyan, the trophy, as he was walking down. And let's just say that I think it was a mistake. You know, I I always uh, have my colors on, uh, you know, with my UMGoBlue.com t shirt or my UMGoBlue.com shirt, um, you know, which is very amazing blue. So I think it was a mistake, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Either intentionally or accidentally, he dropped Paul Bunyan as he walked by me and whacked me in the head with it. So um, oh my! God. <laughs> it's it's never been one of my favorites. Um, well,
1: I'll tell you that's funny because because from Michigan's standpoint, it was traditionally a locker room trophy. It wasn't supposed to go out, and Harbaugh Harbaugh took it out specifically as an FU of sorts to to Michigan State because the way they paraded around with it, um, and that was premeditated when they when they did that a couple of years ago. So, um, and and if they if, if Michigan State had held that. I think, Phil, you, your noggin would be in much better shape today or wherever you got hit with it.
0: Yeah, it was, it was funny. Again, you look back on it, and, you know, we've talked about this. We have opportunities covering the team the way we do that, uh, you know, I think uh, most fans would envy or most fans don't get the opportunity, and we're not exactly traditional media. So I think it's a funny story. <laughs> Um, you know, one of the one of the things that I remember about the Paul Bunyan Trophy is, you know, they used to have um, the sports museum in Schenckler Hall, right? And um, you know, it, it's now been overtaken by almost everything football, right? But the Center of Champions, they used to have the display case, and what I liked is, you know, they'd have the football trophies out, and where the Paul Bunyan trophy was kept underneath it was a little sign that said the Paul Bunyan trophy is temporarily located in East Lansing, but we'll retu- return, but uh, we'll return next year. Uh,
1: and I remember that it, it's right it's, before the renovation, right? Yeah. yeah it's it's one of the I things
0: I always got a kick out of because, you know, it might be ugly, but it's ours. And, uh, you know, definitely, you know, there's the history of it being created kind of, a you know, kind of. Oh boy, how do you put it? Uh, kind of a trinket, right? I mean, it's not something that that was really organic. It's not something that has the the history or the lore of the little brown jug. It was kind of a gimmick. And, it is.
1: Uh, it's a gimmick, and 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 arguably a political stunt, and all this. And by the way, Williams, G. Menon Williams, by all by all accounts, seems to be a pretty good guy because he's a politician. Okay, so you could take your sides there, but. Like served in the navy and did all these things, but it was a gimmick. It was a gimmick that that Michigan didn't really want, right? <laughs> and, and it's funny you say trinket. It's the biggest. It's the biggest thing anyone's ever called a trinket in the world, Phil. So congratulations there. It is. It is odd though. It's an odd. It's. It is an odd thing. Um. But I, I will say this: that with Harbaugh, you mentioned displaying it. I have a few bone to pick with Harbaugh, historically speaking, and we can get into that. But but overall, the guy, you know, his for history and and respect for history, you know, I don't know. He gets like a B or B plus or something. okay. but he he put those trophies like I don't know if you've been in there, but they are like you walk into the locker room. You walk right past a little display case for each of the for the jug and for for Paul. And he put it right in everyone's face, like if, he, if you lose this, it's gonna be gone. And I and I and I respect that, even though I, you know, Paul Bunyan, whatever. But it is a symbol, did we beat state or not? And of course, the jug is, is to me is obviously very cool.
0: So one of the questions I have, Greg, is so um, Menon Williams was actually a Michigan alum. So uh,
1: JD Law School, yep.
0: I've always wondered if this was kind of a joke, right? Uh, the way that Michigan kind of likes to diss Michigan State, if this was here, here you go, have this. Thanks for joining the Big Ten. You're a little late, right?
1: It, it well, okay, <laughs> well maybe <laughs> maybe it 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 the joke was on all of us then. I think with the goofy trophy, um, and it, it's just that would be funny if it was was a slight. It could be. Um, you know the thing is with a guy like that who was JD, if it was really, if he really wanted to push it that far, I wonder though, Chrysler was a pretty serious guy. Um, and not a guy who didn't joke around. (laughs) It would have been a little, a little, uh, ballsy to do. That's all. If it was a joke.
0: So it's definitely the kind of thing that is not as revered. Um, I think for you and I, um, in the last say 10 years when Michigan state was on a pretty good streak, it definitely smarted to lose it because it was pretty consistent there. Um, you know, they had a, they had quite a streak there. And like I said, it it just so happens. I, I, I like to think that I was a good luck charm because after I got whacked in the head, um, you know, Michigan won it back the next year. And then of course there was the infamous punt block game, which, uh, was not super fun. Um, and you know, you and I were in the press box for that, so um, sure were. And uh, I mean, now you remember. I, I think I told you the story of what happened during that, right? Um, so, as you know, okay, we're we're so for for those who who aren't uh, privy to where Greg and I usually sit in the press box when we're so blessed, um, we're right at the end of a row. All right. So anybody who has to come in or or, or leave has to walk by us. So um ira from wtka was yeah. walking out and yep. he said hey guys who do you think is going to be the player of the game so he was walking out to do yeah the let me let
1: me just add some context ira does a post game show so he gets out of there as soon as he possibly can to get the scorekeepers to do the post game show right he has to, yep. he has a drive there yeah so, you exactly. know he has no traffic yeah go ahead
0: so you know, he was heading out to do his post-game job, and he stopped, and it, and it was kind of nice. He, he asked us what we thought, right? So we're, both, we're all three huddled together talking, you know, well, you know, maybe, maybe special teams. They've done really well, right? And literally, I looked away from the field, and I was looking at Ira, and then you heard this gasp from the stadium. And I turned, and of course, what happened happened, Right. Yeah. And I just remember I were going. Well, it's not going to be special teams.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
0: walked yeah. out, you know. And it's one of those things where, you know, again, we're, we're I, I, you know, we're, you and I are still fans first and foremost. And it was just, just a kick in the stomach, right? A kick in the gut to, to see that happen. But um, again, I'm it,
1: not actually, you know, I really, really, I, I've seen some stuff. Right? Um, I've, I was at the Weber Timeout. You know, I was I was behind the bench, um, about 20 rows when that happened, and I've seen some stuff. That's right up there, Phil. I mean, that is right. That is right up there with the Weber timeout for me. It it was it stung, and man, you know, you talking about it, and you're absolutely right. I I actually always I always remember the three of us that you just that scene you just described in that moment because I suppose we all see it. In our mind's eye, like we saw it happen, it was nuts. Yeah, it was nuts. And that, you know, can I just say something about about the rivalry? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So when people ask me, or rarely <laughs> do they care what my take is, but I, I do get asked. My, I always put it this way: it hurts more to lose to Michigan State. It feels better to beat Ohio State, right? It stings to be to lose to Michigan State. Yes, it sucks to lose Ohio, especially what's going on right now, but it hurts more and it hurts more for a lot of reasons. But there's Ohio fans everywhere, but we will live, work, our family members, are Michigan State people, if you live in Michigan, it hurts more. And by the way, we're supposed to beat them and it it feels bad. Better to beat Ohio State than it does Michigan State because we're supposed to beat Michigan State. Well, well great. It is a contrast in there, and, and then Notre Dame is somewhere in between. See, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah see,
0: see, Greg, you nailed it. Okay, and and as much as, you know, I I have friends and family members who went to Michigan State, um, I I take it as our birthright to beat Michigan State, right? It's right. I you know really I consider Ohio State, you know, a somewhat an equal. OK, somewhat in national prominence and even Notre Dame. OK, but there's that, you know, and, and I, I hate to to, um, you know, repeat the cliche, but it's little brother. Right. We're supposed to beat the snot out of them. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'll
1: and I'll and I'll tell you just just from my background, I, I respect Michigan State, but I always held Michigan in a higher regard before I was even a Michigan fan. I always held them a little higher regard. And that's me. Um, but I, but I do respect. I respect. I, I respected D'Antonio, and I respected what he did, which was put Michigan right in the crosshairs, because that's what you have to do. Acting like it's something else, kind of like Rich Rod tried to do. Like every game's a game.
0: Yeah, well, that's you, there was a lot that Rich Rod did wrong, right?
1: Well, no doubt. But but I respect what you put them right in the crosshairs. I think Mel Tucker's trying to do that. It's just awkward at the moment. He'll figure it out. But you you have to do that. You have to do that at the state. And I respect, I respect what D'Antonio did.
0: The thing that stings about, okay, again, we've talked about like the sting of when we lose the Michigan state, right? Yeah. It's not just the losing. It's the, um, you know, and, and again, we're, we're generalizing here. You know, there, there are jerky fans on both sides, right? But, man, oh, it, for sure. it sure seems to bring out the jerky Michigan State fans when Michigan loses, right?
1: Well, of course, and there's, there's a reason for that, right? Is because, okay, if you ask Ohio State or Michigan State who their biggest rival, if you polled them, is it 99% Michigan? Is it 100? Is it 98.5? It's something like that. <laughs> there's no question. You might get some traditionalists who might throw in a Notre Dame, you know. Uh for for uh, for Michigan State or something, I don't know, but it, it's clearly all about Michigan for those two schools, right? So, I think I and I think that bleeds into the fan bases you get the stinging thing. We always have, you know, some would argue Michigan; they'd rather beat Michigan State. Most argue it's Ohio State. So there's you got pockets of Notre Dame in there for Michigan. Especially when I went to school, by the way, it was nasty that rivalry. But anyway, I, I think that's what that's really translates in fan base, and you get the worst. And and we we're not even talking about Ohio fans, right? But you get you get when it's that directed and focused. I think the the lower rungs, whatever you want to call it, of the of the fan bases, it, it really comes out. And and by the way, like you said there are bad apples in all the fan bases definitely in Michigan. We both know that too, you know? Oh, a-
0: absolutely. Yeah. And, and I yeah. mean, you know, even when I was back in school, you know, you, you would see it and you'd, you'd say, Hey, come on, be a little classy. Right. So there's no, no fandom has a, has a, a lock on uh, jerky fans right They're They're everywhere. Um, you know, all around. But I think the, the thing that hurts or bugs me about, um losing to Michigan State is you know there's also been um you know there was the the steroids thing with Perlis, right? There was Clockgate, there was Spartan Bob, there was the blocked punt. It's sure. like there are these things that you you know you at the time you kind of wonder about and then you find out later and you're like, oh man. I mean I remember Clockgate. You know, and I remember even, you know, uh the thing about Clockgate was um, you know, at the time, the Free Press had two Michigan State alum sports writers, right? And what I remember is watching the game on television and just, now understand, Greg, my background, right? So um, I helped out coaching a high school football team for over 20 years. And I would be in the box and you know how clocks are supposed to be run, right? So I literally, I'm watching the game and I go, oh, the game's over, okay? And then there was a wait a minute, okay. And and I mean it reminded me of you know there were times uh, in high school where we'd be in an opposing press box and they'd have somebody's you know ten year old kid running the box running the clock right. And I've had I've you know been at games where literally refs right. have refs have stopped the game pointed up at the box and shook their head at, at some of the clock shenanigans that, that you know. <laughs> right. And that's, no one, how, no and one that's cares how it in the, felt.
1: In the first quarter or third quarter, but when, when it, it gets down to it, you need someone to throw so, the clock.
0: Proper. So honestly, Greg, I had it happen at a high school game, at an away game. In the second quarter, the referee stopped the game and looked up at the, at the, at the clock keeper and shook his head like, you got to stop whatever you're doing, right? So my point is, is that, you know, I not just from a fan, uh, from a point of a fan, but just from a point of how you run a clock and how things go. And what's interesting is, it there's a percent, there's a percentage of fans who just Michigan State fans are like, haha, we won. However, we won, it doesn't matter, right? So there's that yeah. extra, there's that extra sting to it. And uh, oh, so what I was saying before is, okay, so there were two sports writers who, um, who work for the Free Press, who are Michigan State fans. So I'm watching the game on TV. And Lloyd walked over and gave a very limp handshake, but he gave a handshake, right? And the next day, uh, you know, in the free press, oh, Lloyd Carr refused to shake hands, right? So I, you know, took some screen captures, put it online, and I, I actually had Michigan State fans accusing me of doctoring the video, right? Like oh my God. Like, like, I was going to do that. And, and what's funny is six months later, okay, the free press repeated it again. And, and I actually emailed him and said, listen, you need to retract this, right? And, of course, they didn't. And it's interesting because uh, that sports writer is now really prominent in the sports media. And, and my point is, is that it, it goes beyond just the game. There is a, um, an undercurrent of um, a chippiness to, Mich- to some Michigan State, you know, alumni and fans,
1: yeah, and, uh, and I and I'm with you, and I'll stick to. There's there's you get it on both sides, and the the grievances against Michigan are vivid in our head, and they have a list. It's probably not as detailed as ours, but they have a list too. And I'll throw in the Desmond Howard, you know, tripping incident when oh, I was a student. Hey, I was there.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. So here's so, so here's the thing, Greg. Yeah, now we're getting, we're getting into it, right? So right. I'm there, I'm in about the 15th row, right? And, yeah. um, to I'm right
1: behind you probably. To newer
0: <laughs> fans, right, who can't even envision this, there were no video boards in the stadium, okay? So all you had was the old school scoreboards, and I'm, st- I'm there, you know, again, we're both there, right? Uh, you know, we didn't know each other then. And the play drags across the end zone. I see the ball hit his hands. Right. Everybody's goes, hands go up. Everything goes crazy. And then that
1: was it. Right. You know, can I, can I add, yeah. yeah, The guy in front of me, a fraternity brother turned around and goes, we win. Yeah. (laughs) He said that to us. He goes, we won. We win the game. Yep. Yeah.
0: So I'm sitting there and, and all I remember is I saw it go in his hands. And, and the other thing too, is this is before the field. Uh, you know, the field got lowered. So when the front rows all stand up, you can't see anything in the end zone, right? Yeah. And I'm like, we won, what happened? And we're looking up at the scoreboard. And of course, you know, there was a few more seconds and, and some drama to, to to end up. But really the game was over. The score didn't increment. We didn't have radios. We had no idea. So I, uh, I, I leave the stadium and I'm walking, you know, past, uh, you know, the athletic department. And there were Michigan State, you know, Spartan fans celebrating and everything, so went to a party right after, and uh, also with some of my fraternity brothers, and we just went and found a TV and waited for the replay because we had no idea what happened, and you know, again, uh, then there's the article, you know, that that was in uh, the Ann Arbor News, you know, a little bit later where the guy admitted it, right? You know he yeah. tackled him, and and understand that from a football play, it's exactly what you're supposed to do when you're burnt, right?
1: I mean, done, I did it myself. You mentioned high school. I used, I was a cornerback, and I and I did it myself. And, and they threw the flag, and and, not in the end zone, but I tackled a guy basically. Well, exactly because you had me beat.
0: Yep, and that's what your yeah. coach to do, right? But they're yeah. supposed to throw the flag, and, and it's just funny they're also because
1: supposed to throw the
0: flag. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you look at it, you go. Oh my gosh! You know, and then it's like I—I I mean, it's funny because I have a uh, a page on the website where I do a frame by frame showing it all happening, right? And I actually have a scan of that article, and it's like, yeah, he's he's telling them, he's like, yeah, we got to get out of here. You know, we we stole it, right? And and again, that's—I guess it adds it adds spice to the rivalry, you know? It, yeah. But it doesn't make the trophy any more worthy, right?
1: No. Yeah, it's, it's certainly symbolic, and when there's, when there's a trophy, of course, it, yeah, and, and, and frankly, it means more to state, and I, and I will say this, I'll say this about the trophy, the best thing that ever happened in the trophy is my buddies at Rivalry Trophy, the guys who make the, the replicas, they did such a good job with the tiny little replica um, uh, Paul Bunyan Trophy, like it's cool. Like it, 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 it's the best thing that ever happened to it. Um, you know, and it's so well done that you know it makes you forget how stupid the big trophy is. And for, I mean, really, I, I really think like, in, 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 it has changed like Michigan people's and their, their perception of it because everyone bought that thing, and um, put a Michigan helmet on it and has it in their M den. Their their shrine or their their man cave, and they're like, yep, there's the trophy, and you know, and of course Harbaugh, you know, bringing it out in the field as a, you know, really as a as a as a shot back at, MSA, at MSU is is it has helped as well, but you're talking to a historian, so I never forget, like Eufor and elephants, the 1973 vote, you name it, I don't forget, Phil.
0: Oh yeah, when Michigan State voted against us, yeah, I remember that too.
1: Yeah, it was a Michigan man. And Elroy Hirsch at Wisconsin who played at Michigan because, you know, during the war, uh, voted against us. Um, never forget.
0: So, Greg, uh, we're talking about trophies here. One of the uh, – what I think is funny, you talk about the trophies having honored places and less than places of honor, right? Um, in 2006, uh, one of my younger brothers was going to football camp at Michigan – And I stopped into the center of champions and they were, they had just finished or they were just getting ready to do some photography and they had all the trophies and all the, um, I guess rivalry things out just on a table. I literally walked in and could have walked out with anything. I mean, I remember like looking around going, um, guys, this isn't right. I mean, there was nobody there. And, uh, I was able to get some great pictures of them, but I always laugh. You know, we talk about when we did the brown jug talk, we talked about how the brown jug disappeared for a while. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things we didn't mention is how the uh, um, the banner disappeared for a few years and there was a conspiracy or conspiracy theories on if it was the real banner that was returned or not. But yeah. I always laugh, yeah. you know, if I, was, if I was less honest, I could have cleaned out the Michigan... Um, trophy case or imagine if you know michigan state or ohio state people would come in the yeah uh, the <laughs> the shenanigans that could have ensued if uh if somebody had walked out with uh you know and the other thing about it is i'll tell
1: you that though phil i'd be surprised if the real jug was out um the replica that they have in the museum and they've had is is good um i'd like to see your photos because i'd be surprised if the real one was out if Falk put the real one out
0: so what was interesting to me is that one of the trophies was out was the one that Tom Brady won, okay, and I could imagine what that would be worth now on the on
1: the memorabilia market. <laughs> well, you know what? That's 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 actually an interesting topic. Um, I shouldn't say actually. That's that is an interesting topic because a lot of this stuff is is worth a lot of money. When Bacon wrote his book, um, one of one of in the is it trilogy or is it you know he kind of has four books that kind of go along in time with the program here recently. And one of them was kind of a fandom and he asked me how, how much that thing was worth. And I said, at least $25,000 The jug. I'd say today that thing's probably worth like closer to $75,000, maybe not a hundred. Someone would buy it. Um, that and then you get into like what the Bentley library has. And I almost had to say this, um, they, they are very, very careful. Um, you, you've seen, uh, there are cases of, of like people, you know, stealing copies of the constitution and things like that from the national archives and all that. The Bentley library is actually very careful, but I worry about stuff like that because there's so much stuff in there. It's so valuable. I mean, you know, contracts signed by fielding HEOs and things like that, that someone would die to have. Um, so yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And the Brady stuff, forget it. I mean, and, and really, even Woodson stuff. And if you're in the NFL Hall of Fame, um, Hutchinson stuff, uh, you know, to be yeah. uh, big time, big time.
0: Well, Greg, this has been uh, great to get together and talk about the ugly piece of wood. And, uh, you know, we still want to win it. And hopefully, it will stay here in Ann Arbor for a great many years to come. But uh, this was great. Always enjoy getting together, and uh, go Blue.
1: I'd expect it Tuesday, by the way, just the way we kind of overwhelmed Minnesota. Um, and, and Michigan State will come to play, but I expect it, and I love it, Phil, anytime. So go Blue.
0: Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for
1: the UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. So blue.